We choose three of those to be your signature color. And then we just start going through all of these signature pieces to take your personality and bring it to the forefront. Right. So that when you walk in a room, you are so completely fascinating. You show up and shut it all the way down. People start to gravitate to you. And people want to know who you are and how they can do business with you. And so that was the thing that I was offering that was so different. As I was talking to C-suite clients, they would say, wow, like, okay, I've had my colors done. And yes, I've taken like Myers-Briggs and all of these things, but I don't have anything like this. No one's ever talked to me about this. Welcome back to Experable. I'm your host, Krati Mehra. And in this show, we learn from the success and struggles of people we admire and dive deep into concepts that help us expand the possibilities available to us so we can freely, boldly design the life we desire, discover the depth and breadth of our capabilities, access the wisdom available in the world around us, and even on really bad days, love what we see in the mirror. Are you ready? Let's go. Hello and welcome back to Experable. In today's conversation, I am talking to Toy Sweeney, the founder and chief style officer of the well-dressed brand, an award-winning fashion stylist, brand image strategist, TEDx speaker, entrepreneur, host of the well-dressed brand TV show, certified fascination advantage coach, best-selling author, and a certified brand strategist. From founding her own design firm, Her Majesty the Queen, to managing the image of almost 30 TV personalities at the leading home shopping network, Toy uses her background to tell original stories through fashion. Toy's passion and talent have earned her a variety of honors and accomplishments. Presented with a prestigious Tally Award as well as the Icon of the Year Award, Toy has been featured on over 30 podcasts and across several publications. In this very fun episode, Toy educated me on what it takes to create an unforgettable image, be it with our personal style or the image we present with our business and brand. How even the most impatient of us can dress for impact, something I really needed to know, why and how fashion goes way beyond image, playing with colors, and how we can use color and style to communicate key pieces of our personality, and so much more. This is quite a unique conversation. We've not discussed these topics on the show before. We've not had a guest like Toy Sweeney on the show before, so I'm very excited to share this with you. Let's dive in. So let me just start by saying thank you so much, Toy, for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited about this conversation. <laughs> me too, because this is a very unique conversation, and I'm going to love it, because this is an area where I believe I'm not very good. <laughs> so I'm going to love it. <laughs> okay, so I would love to start uh, with getting some idea of what brought you to this world. You dress people and you dress brands, and it's it's a very like a unique area of expertise so what brought you to this world Uh, well I've always been interested in fashion I don't think there was ever a time in my life where I there wasn't some sort of interest around the arts now I did think that I was going to grow up to be a dancer I didn't anticipate being only five three so (laughs) that used to be kind of taboo for a dancer not anymore um but for a professional you know modern dancer that was not in the cards for me but Um, Ever since I was little, I've always loved um, fashion and I've always loved marketing. So, you know, I've always loved commercials and just kind of the story and all of those things. So it made sense when it was time to go to school that I got my degree in specialized business, which was fashion marketing. 
Um, and then my second degree was in fashion design. And so um, just kind of working my way through the ranks of retailers. I've worked for companies like Bloomingdale's in New York City, where I was part of a team that ran a $15 million business. I've worked for Ralph Lauren, Crabtree and Evelyn, White House Black Market, you know, a bunch of different, a variety of places. And then prior to starting uh, the Well-Dressed Brand, which is the company that I own now, I worked at QVC, the world's largest home shopping network, for about 15 years. And so there, I really cut my teeth on styling for television and commercials and editorial styles. I got to travel all around the world, not all around the world, but I got to travel. We've gone you know, to various places throughout the country, as well as to um, Italy, working on commercials and live shows and things like that. So I've been collecting this expertise, you know, for quite some time where I was able to do all of these things behind the camera. But there was a time when I was at KBC and I was really stuck in my career and there was no upward mobility. And so right. because I was stuck, it made me turn my eye, um, not necessarily away from fashion because I was working in the fashion industry, but I had to look inward um, and focus on my own personal brand. And so, um, you know, 10 years later, you know, I, I have over a decade of experience in personal branding mixed with all my years of fashion uh, and marketing experience. So it was like this unique bird was born. Yeah. yeah <laughs> in me. Definitely. And you make it sound so fascinating. Like we would love to be on the spot and watching you work. <laughs> it's incredible. But I have to wonder because uh, whenever you have to pitch any kind of service, you have to, in a very crisp manner, tell them what the challenges that you are uh, providing services for and then what your service will do for them. So here, how would you, like, you can't obviously tell people that, oh, how you're dressing is not good enough. <laughs> how did you pitch and market your offerings? Like, how did you nail that messaging that you wanted to put out there? Well, I had to really think about it because I think that, you know, when we think about what we what we do, right, for a living or the businesses that we want to start, a book that we want to write, chances are that when you start to do the research, you you realize that there are hundreds, if not thousands of people who are doing the same thing that you're doing, right? Yep. And yep. so, you know, it's business or branding or marketing 101 is like, what's your differentiator? So one of the things that I, I stumbled upon, I think I was actually listening to a podcast pretty much like this one. And I was um, kind of taken, I was fascinated, pun intended, by a woman named Sally Hogshead, who oh, um, yes. wrote a book. Yeah, <laughs> you remember Sally? So and Sally wrote the book, How, to Wor How Does the World See You? Right? It's the, called The Fascination Advantage. And so while I was working in corporate America as a stylist, I used the fascination advantage assessment test um, because it gave me the verbiage to be able to communicate what I was bringing to the table. Yeah. It gave me the verbiage to communicate what makes me different and who I was on my team. And again, the value add. And so when I decided to leave my corporate job six years ago, my first order of business was to become a fascination advantage coach. So I paid the thousands of dollars um, because I really felt like this was going to be a differentiator from other fashion stylists. Yeah. And so then what I decided to do was like, what are we not talking about, right? 
everybody was at that time was talking about personal branding, but no one was talking about the image perspective of it. Yeah. So I really had to focus to answer your question. I was really focusing on what was going to make me different. Right. Because a lot of times, you know, like I said, what we do, you know, it's a commodity. We all know thousands of people who are, who are doing that. But the fascination advantage focuses on the way that you communicate and you as a, as a person. And so it's your personality. And that was like the foundation is the foundation of the well-dressed brand. It's your personality, your mission, your vision, your image, you know, all of these things in alignment. And so that is how you become a well-dressed brand. And so that was the foundation of my company. So when I'm talking about the personality, it really comes down to you and what your uniqueness and what is going to bring to the table. You and I could work on a project and the end result is they're both going to be exceptional, but they're going to be very different just because we're different people that have different experiences. And so once you start to embrace who you are, that's the personality part of it. And then you need to speak that language. And so um, that was kind of my first area of business so that when I was pitching out to people, hey, here's what I do. I was saying something that they hadn't heard before. Most stylists have a style test, but no one's giving you this assessment test that not only is going to lay the foundation for your personal brand, think about that, give you all the verbiage to put on your resume, LinkedIn, um, tell you how to communicate your message. And then on top of that, so that's the cupcake, right? Right. And then on top of that, we add the icing, which is how you're going to put it all together. So what I'm offering um, one of the things that I was offering at that time and still offer is the the fascination advantage mixed with my style test. I merge them together and I create a look that is so unique and so different, really based on who you are and the ways that you communicate. And so then from there, I take all the colors that you can wear, <laughs> right? right? And this is me. This is how I pitch this to my clients. There's, you know, 30 colors that based on your on, you know, your skin uh, color, rather your fair, brown, based on your eye color and your hair color, there's very specific colors that are going to look good on you. So let's say we end up with 20 colors. I narrowed that down to six colors. You choose three of those to be your signature color. And then we just start going through all of these signature pieces to take your personality and bring it to the forefront. So that when you walk in a room, you are so completely fascinating, right? You show up and shut it all the way down. People start to gravitate to you and people want to know who you are and how they can do business with you. And so that was the thing that I was offering that was so different. And as I was talking to C-suite clients, they would say, wow, like, okay, I've had my colors done and yes, I've taken like Myers-Briggs and all of these things, but I don't have anything like this. No one's ever talked to me about this. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because when it comes to clothes, like we gravitate towards whatever feels comfortable or whatever feels like us. So I have to ask, C-suite clients, like these are people who are at a very high level, you know, at the top of the hierarchy. So they have to always, I'm guessing they have to be image conscious, you know, but the world is changing so rapidly, like things are becoming very informal. But even so, 
what did you tell them would be the focal point like the personality has to come out in how they dress up or is it has to be about the image they want to project or authenticity mm-hmm. like that's always a struggle right what people right. how people expect you to look versus who you really are well i think that you get to control the narrative you right. know that's why i love this idea of you know using your wardrobe as a business strategy and so it kind of puts you back in the driver's seat so you're not really thinking so much about the expectation. Now, if you're working for a company like a C-suite executive or a director or a vice president, you know, head of sales or whatever, yeah. then you need to be mindful of the, the rules of the company, meaning the dress code yeah. um, and certain things and colors they may not want you to wear or things like that. But you take what one of the things that, you know, I'm, I feel very grateful that is my natural gifting is being able to help someone to. Um, blend in and stand out simultaneously, right. you know, so that if you are forced to wear a Navy suit to work, then there's still going to be enough of something in that personal style and personal brand for you that's going to still set you apart from your colleagues, you know. And so I think that that's kind of it, that you get to really control the narrative. And so it's less about focusing on what other people think of you and more about you being able to infuse your personality. It's less about being fancy and dressing up and more about you leaning into the things that are going to make you, um, you blending in and standing out. Because if you're every day, like what's really you, what if what's really you is like jeans and a, and a hoodie, yeah, right? Yeah. But you can't wear that to work. Uh-huh. And so then depending on your budget, it's really about finding those things that are going to give you the same feel or if you can afford to do so, then maybe we get you a custom suit made, but the pants, instead of it being like a traditional dress pant, um, you know, maybe it's a jogger, right, you know, right. the underneath, yeah. but it doesn't look like one, but we choose a fabric or something, you know what I mean? Oh, so there's okay, many ways. Okay to get around that you know one of my clients wears yellow sneakers you know we came up with his brand colors that are yellow and gray Mm -hmm. and navy blue so he'll wear jeans a graphic t-shirt a a navy blazer yellow sneakers a yellow you know then he has a yellow apple watch or something like that like something to always be bringing him back to his brand so it's little things like that one of my other clients is in this c-suite is from texas and she lives in washington and in philadelphia but her, one of her signature style pieces is that a gold necklace that we got that's in the shape of Texas and it's small and dainty so that she can layer other pieces around it. But if she's given a keynote or if she's traveling or she's having um, political meetings in D.C., it's a conversation piece and say, oh, hey, are you from Texas? Uh, oh, what's your connection with Texas? And so it's things like that, things that are, you know, those type of things that are going to pull people into you. Yeah, yeah, that's helpful. Would you ever want to dress Mark Zuckerberg? He always seems to be wearing like a sweatshirt and a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> so Mark is very interesting because I think that for years he's gotten a lot of flack. And I was watching, um, yeah. I was watching an influencer the other day, and they were breaking down what he was wearing. And so, unless you're really familiar with brands, you don't realize that like. He's wearing a seven hundred dollar T shirt. You know what oh, I mean? Right. Okay. Um, and so it looks it looks like something that he would have gotten from the Gap or Old Navy <laughs> or something like that. But this particular influencer was talking about how I think it was maybe like three hundred dollars, but it was this designer T shirt, right. and he was talking about the fabric and how it feels. And so 
he probably owns several of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just think that everything is not always what it seems. And especially because when you're in a space where you're dressing for quality mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and not so much fashion, right? Yeah. Anybody can go on male or female or whatever. You can go on Shein and get something and yeah. get something for like $7 or mm-hmm. you can buy a blazer for $50 or $100 or $7,000, you know? And so I think that for me, it's really about keeping it simple and buying quality for your mm-hmm. staple pieces and then you can you know you can kind of get some more fashionable throwaway pieces if you like yeah but i think that actually what he's doing is smart that okay i'm going to invest in these t-shirts they are a couple hundred dollars but i know that when i wash them they're gonna last i can put it on i know that it's gonna fit i know it's not gonna shrink i know that it feels good and you it's kind of like a secret society um of success, uh, which mm-hmm. happens to be the name of one of my Prince book, Tim Schuler, that was on my podcast. But it's kind of like this underground thing in the sense of like, once you know mm-hmm. that that's what he's wearing, then you know. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think with so, some people, their genius just transcends any image they're projecting. You know, they're so like unique in what they do and who they are that it just, you don't even notice all of that but yeah yeah your point is so solid because i hate shopping but it's something that i realized that i would much rather have really really good items in my wardrobe that's that that are maybe expensive that have really good fabric really good stitching like something i don't have to worry about i can throw it on and it looks awesome rather than like buy 20 cheaper shirts and t-shirts so yeah i think that i think that's when you realize okay i've grown up now Over flash. <laughs> so definitely adulting 101 where you're like okay i guess i'll just you know you know have these items but then when you start to realize like i talk about um in my book secrets of a well-dressed brand i think i tell the story about when i was um i was i woke up late for work one day and i had about 15 minutes to get myself i think my son was probably about three years old at the time and I, I had maybe 15, 20 minutes to get us both dressed and get him fed and like out the door and drop him off at daycare like before I had to be to work. And I lived an hour from work. And I, had, I was like, I had like 15 minutes before I just needed to leave to get to work and drive an hour. And I remember, you know, just this is the day that I learned to be grateful for the items in my closet. Because I just didn't have a lot of time. So I'm like, man, right. I jumped out of bed. <laughs> I brushed my teeth, like, slapped the odor and all. And I ran into my closet. I grabbed a black, um, you know, pencil skirt, a black t-shirt. I grabbed a pair of wedge, you know, leopard print wedge sandals. Threw them in my work bag. Grabbed a leopard print scarf and a denim jacket. And I just ran out the door and threw my makeup bag in my bag. Go do all the things. I get to work. Have my denim jacket on. I throw the scarf on. If I had a meeting right at 9 a.m. And so I walk in. I got like 10 minutes to get to this meeting. Put my shoes on. Slap my makeup. My classic, you know, red lip. My denim jacket on. Wrap the scarf around. Grab my stuff. And I'm walking to the meeting. And I could not believe how many compliments I was getting. And I said to one of my coworkers, I got dressed in literally five minutes. Like, I don't even know. But because everything in my closet closet works yeah. together, because I have a brand right closet that's just kind of like a capsule closet, but it's uh-huh. brand right so that everything works together, 
So it's really difficult to make a wrong decision. Mm -hmm. Even if I threw on just a bunch of colors, they all kind of work together. And yeah. so that's why it's important for you to have a brand right closet so that you can just take the think out of it. You know, we're all suffering from decision fatigue. We have so many things going on all so the true. time. I don't want you to waste time thinking about what you're going to wear. That's a waste of time. You have to heal. We got to be whole. We got to drink water. We got <laughs> you know? That is so true. We, we need a skincare routine. We got to work out. Like, it's too much. Yeah, it's too much. <laughs> no, you are. This is amazing because so many of these, like, successful people that we try to imitate, they often say uh, that just stop wasting time picking what you're going to yeah. wear. And they, these, some of these people, they gravitate to like black t-shirt. Always, they're always wearing black t-shirt and blue jeans. So that just takes out all the decision making. But this is a great way because not all, every one of us would be comfortable showing up in a black t-shirt every time. Some of us right. want color. Some of us want those choices. So if you have a brand right wardrobe as you put it, that still does the same thing, but it also allows you to like have more of your personality, express more yes so I, I love that i think that is that might just work more for certain people who want to be more expressive through their clothing oh 100 and like i was saying before we started about how much i love your i love your glasses i love them. they're <laughs> so you. fashionable so chic and i love it and you know like even for me like i wear glasses i have my contacts in today you know but just infuse that and i think most people are doing this as part of your war that's part of your wardrobe yeah, you no, know, that's part of your your personality, and so it's so easy today to build a personal brand. As far as your image is concerned, um, I think it's easy both ways, but it's more it's more accessible than it used to be, um, and more affordable as far as your image is concerned because you can go online and get you know really fashionable glasses that aren't going going to break the bank. They don't necessarily have to be designer. People aren't aren't necessarily checking for that. But it gives your wardrobe, like, you know, just like it's a part of your personality that you can use to show something as simple as that. And it can cost you anywhere from $7 for frames, like, well, before your prescription, if you have prescription glasses. <laughs> but it can be anywhere from $7 to $200, you know, yep. like whatever fits your budget. And so, you know, when you have places like Etsy, that you can get a signature piece of jewelry that it, that fits any um allergy allergies or whatever that you may have for under twenty dollars like it's yeah. it, it's it's easy you yeah. know it's yeah. easy yeah. to do it yeah that is so true i have three pairs of glasses with you know one is more expensive than the other one is more flashier than the other yeah so I, and i love that because it's so much a part of me like i don't know my contact lenses this is on me all the time so I love it when it says something about who I am and it can express like a teeny tiny piece of my personality. I love it. So I have to ask here, because you would know this a lot better than I do, having worked with so many people, do you often uh, feel that as you talk more and more about the image you're projecting the through the clothes and the brand that you're creating, do you ever feel concerned that people would care, start to care too much about what others, other people would think, like, what is the healthier version of it? Because I'm sure that you have a healthy approach so that you don't make them obsess over other people's validations, so to say. Yeah, thank you. That's a really great question because I think that that was kind of the old way of thinking, right? Mm -hmm. And yeah, so we yeah. moved into a new way of thinking. So when you think about it this way, right, 
when you think about it, just before we get to the fashion part of it, it's like, think about it, even with the evolution of personal branding, right? So when Tom Peters coined the phrase personal branding in 1997, it was really about self-promotion, right? It was really about like, hey, let's do what these big brands are doing and market yourself. And, you know, it was really about self-promotion. Today, 2023, right, or this year, today, when you think about personal branding, it's become more important for everyone, not just businesses and entrepreneurs, but it's really more about your authenticity. It's more about your personality. It's more about diversity and inclusion. It should be anyway. Um, it's just about so many other things than it was when in 1997. And right. so those are the type of things that when someone comes to me, the first thing I ask is, okay, well, what do you want to say? You know, what do you want, what, what do you want to project? You know, and right. so those are the kind of things that I infuse into their personal brand. And I will tell you, the answer is never, I don't want to be insecure. I want people to think I'm confident. It's never that. And I do not talk about confidence ever. You know, I rarely talk about it, I should say, because it's not even about confidence. Because if you are creating a brand that is so uniquely you and it's done right, then the confidence is a byproduct and that you can't, you won't even think about what other people are thinking about you because you feel so good. Success is an inside job. So that's why we're working on the personality and, you know, and I want to know other things that are going on in your life so that you're showing up as your best healed, authentic self. And that really comes yeah. down to integrity, right? And it comes down to you being excellent. And so all of us have worked on the project or cooked something um, or you did something for a friend or you planned a dinner party or something like that and you gave it 100% your best. And so that when everybody showed up, you were just like, it is what it is <laughs> because you yeah, know that yeah. you left nothing on the table, you know, <laughs> right? Yeah. And so that's really what it's about. That's, I have the sign behind me that says, be afraid of mediocrity. And that's what it's about is you not going halfway up the mountain, right? You're not going to go halfway. You got to go all the way and give it 100% to the best of your ability. Okay, I love this answer. This, the answer had me, like, even as I was hearing you, it was I was so excited because this is such a wonderful, wonderful approach because if you give it a second and think about it, this would really, like, unleash so much of you because you're leaning so totally into your identity. But, I do feel like this the work that you do requires a lot of leaning into your very specific identity. Yeah. And if you can I think with the work you do you can make people very comfortable with who they are because not all of us are in that place and the more you do it the more you get comfortable with your identity the stronger that identity gets and maybe you also discover pieces that you weren't aware of before that point. It's just going to be wonderful like if we could do that for every single human being in the world, so much of the struggle would go away, right? Because, yeah. Yeah, there is a lot of unconscious copying that goes on, unconscious pretensions, unconscious. Like, we're constantly watching what everyone is doing, and we're watching them watch us. So it's it's conscious, like, at what point do you stop with the struggle and just start expressing yourself? Yes, right? you get it, 100%. And, like, a lot of people really don't get that, believe it or not. I was just speaking to some women in a women's group and they were talking, this one woman was talking about like 
you know, I don't care what I wear. I don't really like put a lot of, you know, thought into it. Um, now, when I do the X, Y, and Z, I do think sometimes I should have put more thought and I'm just like, oh my gosh, like, you know, and so it's kind of like talking out of both sides of your mouth on one end. You're like, I don't care because I have, yeah. she said, you know, I have money, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but it was like, I have money and my wallet is bigger than any woman in that room. But on the other hand, she's like, when I go and I'm around my colleagues, I do sometimes whip, look back and wish that I would have been more intentional about my wardrobe. And I'm yeah. just like, <laughs> like <laughs> but when yeah. you really are self-aware uh -huh, uh -huh. and you really start to ask yourself the questions of like, why do you care about what other people think? Now, I'm not suggesting that you don't care what other people think. We all care what somebody thinks, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and exactly. so, you know, your mom is not going to carry the same weight as a person that you've met in a co coffee shop. Like we probably, most of us care more about what our parents think, you know, or a sibling or, you know, our best friend than a, a stranger. Yeah. So we all care about what somebody thinks, but it gets to be toxic when you care about what everybody thinks. Yeah. And yeah. so I think that alignment is key. So when you are bringing your whole self to the table, your image, your vision, yeah. your personality, your mission, where you are so clear about where you're going. And it can change along the journey. You know, like yeah. even if you set it in stone today, it's not forever. You know, write it in pencil and you'll erase it and pivot and, and you just keep going. It'll keep changing. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. That's growth. Mm, yeah. No, that's very true. I like I relate to the story that you shared because uh, as someone who went through depression, there was like a period of time where very intensely I had to pull my focus all on myself, love myself, care for myself, fight for myself and leave no room for what anybody else was saying because it needed to be done in that exact manner for me to recover my mental health. Yeah. So I get going that way, but it's also... This is just my take, no judgment to, on anyone, but I also feel like I have said it more so frequently that I don't care what people think. I don't, and there was a time when I really didn't, but you finally reach a place of maturity where you are actually at peace with yourself. Yeah. You realize that this is defiance, that this is a very defiant, teenage way of behaving. <laughs> like, I don't care what anybody thinks. Yeah. And it's not necessary. It is not necessary. You can leave room for what people think and still be completely yourself. You can always, always, always find a middle ground. Like I've gone to weddings in scruffy jeans and like old t-shirts and that's so disrespectful. Now when I, at the time I felt like, oh, look at me, I'm so confident. I'm not giving a shit what anyone thinks. But that is so disrespectful. You're showing up to someone's wedding in scruffy jeans. That's that's immaturity. That's defiance. But maybe that is, that was what was needed at the time. Yeah. But I think confidence is when you can care what other people think, you do what you need to do, what is true to you, but also perhaps like project an image that allows that expression to be there. Like, this is who I am. Let me share that with you as well. Yes. Right? Yeah, I love that. Yeah. That's so beautiful and so powerful because what I hear you talking about is kindness. You know, there's a difference yeah. between yeah. being nice and being kind. And if somebody is taking the time to invite you into their world for their special day, mm -hmm. you know, then you find something that's going to be comfortable for you that feels like you, but it's still saying, hey, I really appreciate you wanting me to be here to witness something that's so um, important to you, yeah. you know? And so that really is 
kind of what we're not kind of that's what we're talking about but here's the big piece of resistance with all of this is is that when you look at i laid out a couple of studies in my book that's talking about what happens when we get dressed this is what gets me up in the morning and why i'm doing the work that i'm doing because there's a study that we talk about in the book that is you know i'll give you the very quick summary of it but it's like they, they they take this lab you know a lab coat and they tell one group that it's a doctor's coat they tell another group that it's a painter's smock and then they tell the third group like you know just look at it don't don't do anything well, the group that, you know, thought it was, you know, for doctors, they made less mistakes and they were able to concentrate more on, on these cognitive tests that they gave them. And the ones right. that were, you know, thought that it was like an artist's smock, then they did okay on the test, but they didn't do as well as the doctors. And the third group, they're like, okay, just look at it and then perform these tests. So the reason that the doctor group did so well, even though they all were wearing the same white coat, you know, because it was the meaning that they were giving the clothing. Yeah. It was all psychological, in which most things are, right? Because, again, success is an inside job. And so when you're at bottom, which is what I was hearing you describe, even for yourself, me too, you have to pull yourself up from the inside out. And so the yeah. reason that I love what I do so much and, the, and clothing so much and colors and all those things so much is because it's one of those things that works from the inside out and the outside in simultaneously. If you going back to that same wedding and you had on something that was totally you in a color that you love that made yeah. you feel like a million dollars, rather you wore it to the grocery store or a wedding or to a party or to the playground, it doesn't matter. And a hundred percent made you feel like you are the most stunning person that has ever walked to the earth. Oh, you're going to wear that every day. Every day. <laughs> <laughs> like you just so are. Because you're just like, oh, I feel so good when I put this on, you know? I feel so good. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> there is a, a, a Bollywood celebrity, Ranveer Singh. I would advise you to like explore a little bit of how he dresses himself. His style is so out there. Like It is so out of the box. Like He just... I don't know who's dressing him or if he's dressing him. I'm guessing someone's dressing him because he's a very successful actor. But it's so out there. There's always a statement that he's making. But his personality comes across so clearly. He's a very happy, funny, uh, very like a mischievous person. Yeah. And that comes across so clearly in how he dresses. Yes. So I don't know about everyone else, but whenever my friends and I were looking at what he's wearing, there is no judgment there. And like his clothing is so out there. <laughs> but there's no judgment. He's, he's a happy person and it comes across in how he it dresses. Makes sense. And we're just like, yeah. It makes sense for who he is. And that yeah. you just summed it up. And that is really the only thing that I'm asking is like, how can we make this make sense? You know, nobody yeah. wants to be uncomfortable. <laughs> no one wants to feel stuffy. You yeah. know, like it's, it's all formulaic in my opinion. And so I just help people create the formula, you know, like when you ever, you see me out most of the time, I'm going to have on black, red or white. I'm always going to be wearing red lipstick, <laughs> you know, like yeah, that's yeah. just my formula. And so, because I know that that works. I know that it works for me. I know that I can feel my best in it, you know, and you know, I have a best friend who is always in yellow, head to toe, Leah Key, and she, 
<laughs> she's a jewelry and handbag designer, and like she's tall, she's gorgeous, you know, melanin yeah. popping, and she's in head to toe yellow. And so, she would, if I walk, if I'm walking into a room with her, and I'm typically in my all black, and you know, I tend yeah. to blend blend into the background, right? And you people gravitate to her, and I've seen them. They're like, I need to know who you are. What do you do? Tell me all the things. And so they will come over to me, to me second, but that's my personality. We're both big personalities, but her personality is like, ah! <laughs> and, you know, and mine is more about, you know, casual elegance and power. Yeah. And, you know, it's like more of a, I'm, I would prefer to bring you in, you know, in a different way. And so, you know, it's just one of those things, like she gets stopped at the airport. She travels the world nonstop. And in every country, she gets stopped. They're like, we need to put you on our television show. Because her luggage is yellow, her shoes is yellow, her top's yellow. She's big hair and that hair, you know, she's got a big yellow headband on. Like, and she's dripping in all of her jewelry that she designed. Like, she's stunning. And she gets stopped everywhere. And it makes sense, you know? Yeah. It makes sense yeah. for her personality. Yeah. I'll share something. Uh I think I think it's fascinating at least so I always I'm an introvert I'm a very like a quiet person and unless you're talking about something that has me fired up I'm probably going to be the quietest voice in the room so um, I always used to wear black and like neutral colors black white gray that sort of those sort of colors but I was always drawn to yellow bright pinks bright blues and I really, when I started wearing those, I was able to express more of myself Ooh. because I'm also a very happy person. Yeah. And I'm also very exuberant when I'm around people I love and I'm around in a room where I feel like people want to hear me and I'm like comfortable, totally comfortable. I didn't even realize that that was part of my personality. When I started wearing the colors that I was drawn mm -hmm. to, that part of my personality was allowed to come out to play. I love that. So, so those clothes, you know, you, you, we're very quick to dismiss the clothes we wear as the, like the afterthought. Let me take care of all of this important yeah. stuff and then I'll decide what to wear. But you don't even realize how your clothing is actually impacting your psychology yes. and the psychology of the other person yes. that's looking at you. So. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. You can give a whole masterclass on my book. You just summed the whole thing up. <laughs> But that is so fascinating. And not many people would realize that unless you've had that experience, you would not connect those two exactly. pieces. But it's something that happened with me. And yeah. yeah, now I always wear bright pinks and I always wear bright yellows. My brand colors are bright. I love <laughs> it. I love that. And you're an introvert. And so you see what I'm saying, how fascinating that is? Because again, it's not something that people would expect of you. But at the same time, you didn't do it based on what other people think. You did. You yep. you, you yep. did it based on how it made you feel there. But now, yeah. if you're looking at that, and I'm like, okay, yellow is the color of creativity and innovation, you know. And yeah. when you're talking about pink, pink is like, you know, the the I'm just like, you know, pink is the color of one-on-one -on -one communication, you know, and yeah. unconditional love. And so you can be an introvert and still have these things. So when you think about it, it makes total sense. I would imagine, yeah, you know, yeah. like we didn't do like a, your yeah. colors or anything, but like, I would imagine that that makes perfect sense, you know, 
for you. And so, and it's the same with me, you know, like when red is the color of determination, you know, it's a very powerful color, you know, black is all about authority and elegance and all of these things. And when you talk about, you know, white or ivory, we're doing, um, something I'm doing a color of the month. So if anybody's listening and you want to sign up for the color of the month email, that would be great. So every month we're take we're talking about a different color. And then on Tuesdays I go live on Instagram and we're talking about that color. So for this month we're talking about the color white. Uh, and so yeah. I was going through the shade of beige today. Uh, and you I think you'll find this interesting and it's like now when we think of beige, we're like, Oh, how boring is that? <laughs> like there's nothing exciting about beige. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. I love this exercise because I think like what we just talked about, we are so attached to our labels. Like I very quickly said, oh, I'm an introvert, even though I'm always someone who advises my clients, let go of the labels, let them go and start exploring yourself. Because I am selectively introvert. There are times when I'm the most talkative person in the room, but there are times when I'm the quietest. It depends on so many things, my energy levels, who I am with, how I'm feeling, so many things. So I think this is great because you can have these colors, like one color dominating your month and see, you just might find that this color that you never considered was your own and that said certain things associated with certain adjectives that you never thought belonged to you. And you might just find at the end of that month that that feels more yours than any other color yes. ever has. And just with that, you've got another aspect of your personality that you never I'm thought gonna so I'm just going to steal you. You're my new best friend because you totally, I don't know. Like I haven't been on that many podcasts where people just like totally get it and totally get me. And so when I do, I get very excited. I'm like, yes, you still totally get it. You understand. Like this is my life work. <laughs> yes. That's exactly right. I would love to like, yeah, hang out with you and go shopping. What would that be? Oh like my God. You just tell me where and I'll be there. <laughs> you got it yeah this this is great i think this would this would also i hope that whoever is listening to us would like be invited to step a little bit out of whatever little compartment yes. you've got your creativity and your identity and so that's awesome which brings me to this quote of yours that i have loved uh this i read in one of your interviews it goes something like this. I had to unlearn focusing on what I do and focus more on who I am because what I do is commodity, but who I am changes the game. I'm in love with this quote. Care to like expand on that? Like the last yeah, sentence? Yeah, I think that it goes back to kind of what we've been talking about, right? It's just that, you know, I think that a lot of us grow up thinking that we're really not that fascinating, that we're not, we're kind of boring, you know, that like who cares, at least for me, right? Like, I was like, is anybody going to really care about like anything that I'm doing? Um, you know, but I just didn't, I cared, <laughs> you know? And so like once mm -hmm, I started mm -hmm. to really, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, think about like, man, this is, this is, I don't, first of all, I don't like to be like anybody else. Um, and so that's mm -hmm, actually mm -hmm. like really awful. It would be so much easier. <laughs> it would be so much easier to conform, you know? Yeah, and yeah. so. Um, I was talking to a friend yesterday and I was just saying like, I'm going to die on this hill. Like I'm going to die on this hill doing this job because 
society is like, you know, no one's going to pay you money to do that. And I'm like, well, they are doing it, you know, and it's working because it's true. And so I'm like, I just said, I'm going to die on the hill. So what I'm talking about with that, when I'm yeah. talking about, you know, who you are changes the game. And if you are a person of faith, especially when you really start to think and pray about who you were created to be, how you serve others, all of us have been given such a unique gift. Yeah. And so it, it, it goes back to what we've been talking about, that when you become so self-aware and even with the things that hurt your feelings or anything that you might need to heal from and you even start that journey of healing, which can be so messy, but like all of that makes up who you are. So bring all of that to yeah. the table. And I feel very much like you are here and that you share these things just in this interview, you know, yeah. like these are all the things that you've gone through that make you, you. And that is so different than somebody else because all of our stories are different. So what I'm saying yeah. to you, we get to create the narrative. You, you know, I did a TEDx that talks about story and I'm talking about reframing the stories that we grew up with, that you're not enough, that you're not this, you're not that. Create your own and look at it as yeah. you creating your own adventure. If every day we woke up and we're like, what adventure awaits me today? You know, even my husband has gotten into this because if he has a bad day, he will be like, today was such an adventure. Instead of saying, it was such a terrible day. <laughs> You know, he yeah. was like, well, today yeah. was such an adventure, you know, and so just kind of reframing yeah. that and like, hey, I'm going to step into what makes me, that is a game changer because guess what? Most people will never, ever do that. They're too busy trying to be like everybody else. Yeah, you're right. It goes back to that whole thing about leaning into your identity and expressing more and more of it with each passing day. And if each passing day is also adding to that identity, adding to that story, and you're just so determined to like bring all of that out with every piece of work you create, yeah, that changes the game. Yeah, it, that is, right? Doesn't it yeah, completely change the game? Yeah. And, and think about it this way, too, yeah. that it's not so much because I know that there's some people, you know, they, can't, they couldn't even get out of bed today, you know? Like sometimes success looks like getting up and taking a shower. You're still winning, you know? But if you're looking at, okay, well, just start focusing. If you can't do it right now from where you are, think about the person that you want to be. And then start to understand that that future you demands more of you. Yeah, how she would show up. Yeah. Right. So the future you is looking at you going, hey, I know that it's really hard for you to get out of bed today. Or I know that you can't see how you're going to get this business started, but it's going to work out. But it can't work out. Like, I'm waiting for you on the other side. You can't get here if you don't start. And by the way, since you're up, brush your teeth. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Take a shower. <laughs> you know, pull your hair back, wash your face, yeah. <laughs> put on some red lipstick, you know, right. and go attack the day to the best of your ability, even if that means that you only make it as far as the couch. That's right. okay. Right. You know, but it's just more important that you start and just start really thinking about the future you is waiting and cheering you on. They're just yeah. waiting for you to get there. Like they already know that it's going to be fine. They already know that it worked out. Yeah. They're just waiting on you. Yeah. I love that. I, <laughs> I love it. It's such a, such a powerful exercise. Fight for her. Don't, if you can't yeah. fight for yourself, fight for that, that version of you. 
So yeah. Amazing. Okay. So when, because every industry has a look that goes with it, mostly, how much would you care about what like the trends are, what is expected of you? Because we've talked about authenticity, like this conversation has been all about authenticity, your unique identity. Would you say balance? Do you have to balance those things out, or would you like because we we landed on lean into your identity? Yeah. And then if there are expectations, or if you are because especially when it comes to creating a brand, everything is about what are people expecting to see, how you can draw them in. So it's also about them, like your customer, your clients, people who are going to hire you, that sort of thing. Where how do we create a balance then? So I would say, you know, well, specifically around your wardrobe, don't don't lean too much into trends. You want to make sure that you're relevant. Okay, okay, that helps. You know, and so that you don't want to, you know, like right now, cargo pockets are like a big thing. You know, I typically hate cargo pockets, but, you know, I'm wearing a shirt that has two big cargo pockets. <laughs> um, you know, so this is probably... Um, you know, and I'm wearing it in my one of my brand colors so that it's relevant to me. And so it does kind of fall into that, that balance. But then they have some that has the pockets here, the pockets there with the matching pants and the matching cargo port. Like that's too trendy. That's too much. Yeah. yeah. So you want to look relevant, not necessarily trendy. So when you, you think about it, like you, you want to focus even with your brand messaging, you want to focus on what's relevant. And not necessarily of what everybody else is talking about. And so authenticity is one of those words that a lot of people are talking about. And they talked about it so much that it starts to feel like a commodity. It starts to feel like a trend, yeah. right? Yeah. And it's such a like classic word. And so and one of my friends, I forget. Um, oh, my gosh. His name's not coming to me right now. But I had someone on my podcast. And they were talking um, on my TV show. And they were talking about being genuine and it's just that little change that tweaks your interest because yeah. authenticity is is i mean you know the the meaning of the word is relevant right? right right but he didn't choose the word because at that to use that word because it became trendy so he went the route of saying genuine right yeah. And switching it out for the word integrity or doing things like that because we are trained to look for things that are different yeah. So that's yeah. why that's why you have to be careful about what is trendy. Rather, we're talking about your brand messaging or your clothing, because this is the way that the world works. That there's this pressure to be to conform. Yeah. And then once you conform, then the world starts to ignore you because you're just like everybody else. Yeah. So true. So true. So that's why you have to stay true, genuinely. In an integrity, from an integrity perspective, authentically yourself, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Because that's why, Absolutely. because if not, you're just going to get ignored because you're like everybody else. So always be relevant and never be trendy. Yeah, this is so true because like there are words that just are marketing staples and there are words that are just every influencer is throwing them around, even if they're not a psychologist, like trauma, triggers, stuff like that. And it's like, oh. <laughs> Anytime that comes up and you know, this person shouldn't be using these words because you know, <laughs> they should not be part of their toolbox. And you're like, oh, this thing, 
this nonsense again. So you can't help it. It's such a judgy reaction, but you can't help but have that reaction. Like, oh, great, you read 20 websites and then wrote your own. Right. Which is like, yeah, where are you in all of this? So that made that makes so much sense. Thank you for sharing that. Okay. Um, but I have to ask, like, where colors come in? There is so much information online about the psychology of colors. Yes. <laughs> but for someone who cannot afford your services, someone who cannot afford to work with, someone who actually understands this thing, how far would you advise them to go with this? Because there is a psychology of colors, but there's at the same time, colors are very visual. Yeah. If something feel like there's resistance to a color, but it also carries the message that you want to put out there especially when you're creating a brand and you're very new to the digital world. You maybe mm -hmm. don't have as much money as you need to keep doing this again or to hire a professional. How yeah. far would you advise these people go and what kind of resources should they be using? Um, there are so many free resources out there and there's a lot of image consultants um, too. There's a difference between an image consultant and a fashion stylist. So there's a ton of image consultants that will do very affordable color analysis for you. But if you're just like, I don't want to spend, you know, money on that. I'm honestly, I'm going to give you a cheat code that if you go on the Pinterest and you type in color analysis years ago, I don't even know who created this, but I was using it when I was in corporate. And, you know, uh, I think that the page that I have for color analysis, if it's not public, I'll make it public. But you go on and they have a picture of like X amount of celebrities. And, you know, so if you have the same coloring as them, you know, like for me, I'll, I I use Lapita, right? So I didn't have to hire a, an image consultant to tell me that I was a winter and that I, I needed cool colors. I just looked at the color analysis that they did on Lapita because um, her skin is a little bit darker than mine, but I'm like, okay, but it's still like dark skin, dark eyes, dark hair. These are the colors that look good on her. They're the same colors that look good on me. And so then they have one for like Nicole Kidman, you know what I mean? Um, they have one for, for almost every star and every nationality, like all of them, right? And right. so if you're fair skinned with dark eyes and dark hair, um, you know, then you probably are a winter. So they'll have like me, you, and then and someone like we would all be on one color code because we, I think your eyes are dark. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so we would be like considered a winter. So you think, well, anyway. So then there's a right. bunch of colors on there. And you, so you, I would say download that, look at it and it, what makes sense for you. And it will say on there, if your skin is fair, if you're medium, if you're tan, if your eyes are blue, if you're like, whatever, just mm -hmm. type in color analysis that will come up. I, you can figure it out. It's not hard. You just find someone that looks like you and you're, it's probably going to be close enough. Um, and then from those colors, start to weed out what you like and what you don't like. You know, and so you're like, oh, I can wear all of these colors. Okay, this is great. Go to your favorite brand, start looking up some of those colors. And if you would wear that and you like, you know, it's going to look pretty good on you, then just start to try those things. And so then after you kind of narrowed it down to, you know, like, okay, I like these three colors, right? And they're not basic. So they're not white. They're not black. They're not navy. Um, you know, or brown or anything like that. So pick the three colors and then pick three basic colors. So let's say it's going to be pink, um, let's say pink, turquoise, and yellow, or, you know, even though those are like cool and warm. But let's say yeah. those are going to be your colors. 
and then you then pick navy, gray, and white. Then those are your six like colors that only are going to be in your closet. And then try to yeah. mix and match and play with that, right? Because the pink's going to look good with navy, the pink's going to look good with gray, the pink's going to look good with turquoise, like things like that. Um, and then you can just kind of start to mix and then you go, oh, I really, I get all these compliments and I love the way I feel when I wear these pink. Then you look up the psych, you just Google, you know, psychology color of the, of, of pink. And then it's going to give uh -huh, you those uh -huh. things. And if you feel like that is really strong and true for you, then that might be one of your signature colors. So when you're creating your logo and like things okay. like that. Okay, so start with the colors you would put on yourself yeah. and then like start narrowing them down and like really dialing it in when it comes to your personal brand. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay, I love that. I love that. Um, okay, so and if someone is very, very minimalistic, but at the same time, perhaps they're in an industry like today, attention is like the most. It's like the thing that everyone's trying to get, mm -hmm. right? Attention is it. Like, if you can get attention, your job just got a hell of a lot easier. <laughs> but for people who are very minimalistic, how do they go about this? If they don't want to be too bright or too out there with their personal brand or their personal image, what's the middle ground for them? So I think that that's such a great question. And I think that... Because I'm coming off of um, a month where we did black, and then I went right into a month where we did white, you know, which most people feel like those are the most boring colors. I think that the answer is like, when you scroll through my Instagram and you can see like where I started from January, where it gets, it's like pink, then blue, you know, then black, then white, and it's just going to keep growing as the year. And I think it comes down to aesthetics if you're saying like i'm a minimalist but i like whatever still do all those things still pick those colors and right. um but then maybe do it monochromatic because that always makes a statement you know and so just yeah. do head to toe of that color keep it clean keep your jewelry to a minimum and because you're probably going to be buying some you know because it can be i think that if you go with the basic color you can still have it be very dramatic like go for texture so I'm going to pick something like navy. Right. Let's just go with something that's like, well, boring. You think of banks and finance people. But yeah. if you get this beautiful navy, whatever, top skirt, dress, whatever, pant, yeah. and then there's texture to it, you know, like there's mixed media. So maybe it has sheer sleeves, but it's leather or vegan leather in the body. Something like that. Even though the color seems very boring, let's say for lack of a better word, but then you're playing with this texture and now it's interesting. And then you have it on with a, your favorite navy skirt or pant or whatever and a gorgeous navy shoe. Like, you know, but the fact that it's monochromatic is always going to make a statement, especially when it's uh, when it's not black. So even it's ivory or white, it makes a statement. When it's navy, when it's all gray, it makes a statement or play with it, hues of those colors. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think that's a beautiful way to do that if you're a minimalist. And if you're minimalist and like, and if you're one that wears lipstick, then you can always do your pop of color on your lips. You can always do a pop of color with your shoe or your handbag or your glasses. Um, but I think that the most important thing is that you have an exceptional skin routine. 
Okay. So like, it's just all these things that are just going to pull people in because it just comes across as very gorgeous and elegant, even when you're not trying. And it's still very casual. It can be your favorite pair of white sneakers, but you're just great in like all of this, you know, whatever, insert whatever color you love. Yeah, Orange, yeah. navy, yellow, black, whatever. So I think that when it's monochromatic, it just kind of, you know, it still looks expensive, even though it, it isn't mostly so just texture color play with it that way no big bold statement pieces of jewelry just keep it simple and understated but when you take a risk make it make sense so let it be your lip color or your glasses or your handbag or something like that 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 you really care about okay okay uh, i love that and what you that's actually very helpful because i would simplify things for a lot of i can i can think of 20 people just right now like my friends that would it would make their life so much simpler if they, they adopt that approach okay i am curious to know like if you were to place these in order of priority where would you place these like the comfort body language facial expressions and then the clothes you wear oh <laughs> That's a really good question. Oh man. Um, gosh. Oh, I think I'm like, I'm what? I don't know. <laughs> what, I'm like, in what scenario? Because okay, okay, it, uh, it's nonverbal communication is really what we're talking about. And so, when you're like on video or entering a room, before you even say anything. You know, unless you're over the phone where people can't see you, which is rare nowadays, um, then what you wear is going to be the most important thing because people are making a snap judgment in right. seven or eight seconds. Yeah. They're already summing you up. They already are thinking if you can afford it, if you can't afford it. They've already yeah. decided if mm -hmm. you if you're if you have money or if you don't have money. Yeah. They've already decided if you're smart or if you're not. They already made these decisions within the first seven or eight seconds just based on how you show up. So I would probably have to put that first, only in the sense of us being in the digital age. And so if you're going live or you're posting a selfie or a podcast or Zoom or whatever, right, right. your picture comes up a lot of times before, before you hit the camera, but it seems to be... We're all visual learners, like 65% of us are, are visual learners. So that's why I put that first, because we're taking those visual cues and we're just like making a decision. Okay, okay. So I would right. say that has to be first. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then when you start, then I think the, that's number one, and then maybe facial expressions, and then what was the other one? Body language and comfort. So I would say image, comfort, because I don't want you to not be comfortable. Image, comfort, body language. That's what I yeah. think. <laughs> maybe having a big day for your business, then maybe just for that, that you can be not be 100% comfortable. Yeah. I guess. Yeah, because I think that, I mean, I just don't, you know, uh, comfort is like, it's it, yeah. it's one of those things that's different for for everybody. Everyone. You know, yeah. like I remember working with a girl and she, and she I said, when you, when you get home, like after work, like what's the first thing that you do to get comfortable? And she was like, I put on a pair of jeans. And I was like, Oh, oh wow. Jeans? <laughs> like, Oh, I do not. <laughs> like most people are putting on like something cozy. You know what I mean? Like she was yeah. like, no, like I love jeans. Like I find them to be 
most comfortable. Like I get home and I put jeans on and I'm like, I get home and I take those jeans off as fast as human possible. possible. And I put on my Harry Potter onesie. <laughs> and I big <laughs> and wash my face. <laughs> oh my god! But I have to say, like when I'm too comfortable, like there are when I do actually end up going to an event, and I'm like in winters, I can get away with not putting on a bra underneath my clothes, oh, which you. is like <laughs> the key to being yeah. comfortable. You yeah. put on a bulky ass sweater like, or like a bulky ass coat and then yes. you don't have to really care about not putting on a bra but oh. here's what I've noticed if I don't have a bra on I'm like disengaged completely <laughs> <laughs> I, I get so comfortable that yes. I have to remind my brain that hello we are out like, yes. are people here <laughs> stay oh alert stay alert <laughs> oh my gosh that, I have to do a study about that because I would imagine that, that would be 100% me like I don't it well at this stage and at this age of my life it is rare that I'm without a bra like yeah, yeah I just kind of have to have yeah. one on but what you're saying is so interesting because um I was I have a couple of male friends that talk about when they do um when they're on interviewing or a podcast or something or they do a live even if they're wearing sweats they put their dress shoes on because it sends a message to their brain because that's oh, what we're talking yes. about is that this is what we're talking about is really all psychological. It sends a message to their brain like it's time yes. to do business. And that's what I hear you saying, that it's the same thing. Your body's like, ooh, we're just having a good time. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh, I, that would totally be me. I wouldn't take anybody serious. I'd be like, because I'm home in my jammies. Like, yeah. Oh my gosh, that's fantastic. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that okay. is real good. <laughs> Oh my god! That's so good. Okay, uh, it, would it be okay for someone if you are creating an initial impression for you to go all in, lock in a certain kind of image, and then over time maybe you can relax a little with how you're presenting yourself? Is that an okay thing to do? Oh yeah, I think that's a completely normal thing to do. You know, um, I think okay. that's a completely normal thing to do. I think that you have to be strategic though, right? Like right now, there's this book mm -hmm. called um, there's I I, I want to say it's like 41 rules of power or something like that, and I can't remember which what number this is or what it made me what your question made me think of is like oh it, Robert Greens yes rules of power oh, yeah. yeah it's a brilliant book. and yeah. so one of the rules of power was like never outshine the master right yeah and yes. so you know and so if I'm going oh, to okay, okay. when you think about right so. So it depends on the situation and what what impression you're trying to make. Now, if you're auditioning, not you know, like for a TV show or you know whatever, like it really that all comes down to you looking the part. But if I'm going to an event with one of my clients and I'm hoping to get more clients, I need to look like someone that could have dressed her, but I'm not going to show up better than she did. Okay. Because my job is to make oh, her look good. Okay, okay. Right? So I don't want to outshine the master. Does yeah. that yeah. make sense? Like, um, I did an event recently where I dressed my client for the event, but I also spoke at the conference. And then I was there for a couple of days. And so I needed to look like a stylist, but I also didn't want to outshine my client. Yeah, yeah, I get you know? it. 
And I still ended up leaving that event with like three clients. Okay, okay. So I think that it's just kind of finding the balance and depending on what it is. Now, if I'm meeting with a C-suite executive for the first time and we're having our initial consultation call, you know, I'm not wearing something that's completely like crazy and bells and whistles. And I'm not, for me personally, I don't just like show up looking like fashion. You know, it's usually something that is very understated, very clean. Like I make sure I have my power lip on. I'm usually wearing something, you know, because it's more important that they trust me and less important that I impress them. You don't need to know if I do a good job on myself. You just need to be able to trust that I'm going to make you look good. You know, like I'm not trying to fancy and flatter, I guess. Like I just kind of keep it clean and like understated enough. Okay. You know, and they'll be like, oh, I love your glasses or... I love your lip, or oh, I love that your blouse. But it's just usually like something very mm -hmm. simple to look good enough to inspire trust, but not so good that you intimidate people and nobody approaches you. Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yes. That that helps. Uh, before my final question, I wanted to know if you could ban something from branding and from uh, clothing, like personal style stuff. And if you could make something mandatory, like everyone had to have this be a part of their branding, be it personal <laughs> styling or their websites or their digital image, what would that be? Oh gosh, that is you are you have the most exceptional <laughs> question. Um, okay. <laughs> That's a good one. Let me see. I would definitely ban the khaki pants because okay. I hate them. Um, I just think that we should just set all the khaki pants on fire like the literal khaki color pants. Like, just even though I'm talking about beige this week, just no cotton cargo khaki <laughs> pants for men. Okay. Like, okay. no. Just stop <laughs> it. Um, you should just totally set those on fire. Um, and then as far as a brand, I think that just the amount of people, coaches that talk about authenticity and confidence in the same way mm. like no one uses different words they don't make it a unique yeah. message to them they're just all selling confidence like I've met so many women and I'm like what do you do and then like I'm a confidence coach yeah. I'm a confidence coach I'm a com and they've seen other women doing it and like oh you're your confidence coach I recently was talking to a business coach and she was like you know you're what you're selling at the end of the day is confidence so you need to talk about confidence. I said, I will die on this hill. I will not talk about confidence <laughs> because confidence is a byproduct of you having your life in yeah. alignment. Yeah. You know, that it's your faith, it's your mission, your vision, your personality. It's all those things and they have to be aligned. And then confidence is a byproduct of that. So I would just stop all brands from talking about confidence. <laughs> And learn to talk about authenticity in a different way. Right, right. Okay, okay. And, and <laughs> what would you make mandatory? Now, I have to look at my branding and <laughs> myself now. <laughs> um, oh, that's kind of easy. I think that, um, so I went from an image perspective, you know, I just want it to be unique. Mm. There's a really good amount of, I think, um, women of color and black women that do a really good job. And that's not to say that um, other women don't do, you know, a good job of this. But I think that the most, because you can infuse so much about your culture 
into your, you know, into your image. Um, and it can be just be done in such a way that, um, that makes it unique because it's part of you. Um, and so I think that that's what it is. It's just kind of, I don't know, kind of like finding that thing that was like a no, no, or don't like the nose that you grew up with, right, you know, right, right. like, you know, like I was always teased about how large my lips were. And I, for years, I did decades, I never wore red lipstick. Okay. okay. You know, so it's like, take that thing that was like, that you were teased about and realize that it's a superpower and then flaunt it. Love it. We, we covered the sh should not. Now, what you must do as a personal brand. Yeah. I think that every brand, <laughs> for a personal brand, for sure, I think that everybody should go to therapy. Ah, okay. Like, I don't, I think that before you even start building your brand, that you should start the healing process because it's so messy and it's so uncomfortable, but it's the only way that you can really, really um, understand the power of your voice and be crystal clear about what it is you want to say and what you were born to do because you get rid of, you know, that little girl inside of your head that's telling you that she doesn't feel safe and that you need to be offended and that, you know, being angry for the people who didn't protect you and you need to foster forgiveness and like all of these things and like shut that, just start the process of being able to shut that noise down because once you do that, it teaches you to, you know, look at the little girl inside of you and say, listen, it's okay. You're safe. I'm going to protect you. And this is actually a really good idea. I know that you're afraid and you think that we can't do this, but we can do it. And you have to have those tools because that's the only way that you're going to be able to show up in that very unique way, yeah. you know, because like Chandra Rhimes talks about, you have to be the first or you want to be the only. But if you have that little voice inside of your head constantly telling you that you're not enough, then you're going to keep shutting those ideas down. So there has to be a certain amount of feeling um, that takes place and being okay to be like, hey, this was messy and it completely sucked, but we're going to do it scared, you know? Yeah. So I think that if we're even with big companies, if they kind of really looked at what their customers were saying, the stories that they're creating, like what is it that's really bugging, not what they're doing well, but like, because focus on that, but like what is it that's like a real pain point for them? You know, and not the things that you think are pain points, like they want to be more confident. They want to be da, 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 da. like, no, 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 no. In her home, when she gets up in the morning, what is the first, is she thinking about your brand? You know, like why, right. you know? And so I think that like car companies do a really good job of just kind of like, you know, being able to like, I notice that a lot, you know, they'll go by culturally who they know makes the money decisions and then they market them in the email i mean in the commercial right, right, right you know and then you're like oh right. <laughs> i see what you did there you know and so i think that just kind of getting rid of their own agenda and really focusing going back to focusing and being more people first mm -hmm, mm -hmm, you yeah. know okay that helps that's amazing thank you so much Toy, <laughs> for sharing so much information knowledge wisdom with us today
Well, what do you know? We've reached the end of this episode. Thank you so much for joining me today, for supporting the podcast, and for sharing your time with me. If you enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing to the show on whatever podcast platform you love. You can also watch the video version of the interviews and most of the solo episodes on my YouTube channel. Link is in the episode description. Now, if you've made it this far, you must love the content at least a little bit, or maybe you just like hanging out with me, or there was something in this particular episode that resonated with you. Or maybe it's all of those things. I would love to know. So if you've got a minute, it will be great if you can drop a review on Apple Podcasts, or you can send me your thoughts on the show via email. Now, if you want content that goes deeper than even the podcast does with a lot of real life stories, one-on-one interactions, or just become part of my tribe, subscribe to my weekly newsletter. The link is in the episode description. Once again, thank you so, so much for sharing your time with me. Take care and I will be back soon with the next episode. Mm-hmm.